Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show here on another Sunday afternoon. Sun Guy along with Randy Zellers and QT Vokes. We have a great guest with us, but real, real quick before we jump into it, I want to send our best wishes out to former guest of the show, someone I've known for a long, long time, Too Cool, TJ Kemp. He had a heart attack during a match last week. I'm glad to report he's doing much better. He is home recovering, looking to go fishing in the next few days. So we're very happy that he's on the road to recovery and doing well after that big-time scare last week. So too cool. Get well, and I hope to see you soon. But without any further ado, I want to bring our guest on. He is someone I am very excited to have with us. All the way from the great state of Indiana, a Midwest wrestling legend, Dick the Bruiser Jr., thank you so much for joining us on Turnbuckle Turmoil. Well, well, thanks a lot for having me. It's great to be here. I have all my Bruiser buddies listening in today, so I can't wait. It's going to be an exciting show being here with you professionals. Well, we definitely appreciate you being here, and... Since it is your first time with this, I will ask you the traditional first-timer question. What led to you getting into the pro wrestling business? Well, of course, you know, um, going to the wrestling matches, you know, a lot of times on a weekly basis, monthly basis, with uh, traveling to all the live, live events while I was a kid, and, and, and with uh, Bruiser, it was just fantastic, I tell you. Um, then I got interested in it, basically. That was my first love, wrestling and baseball. So if either one, I was happy to do a professional career with. problem with baseball was just too slow. Um, being the, They came out with AstroTurf back then, and so back in the uh, 70s. You know, I started my wrestling career in the 80s. And you had to be just way too fast. They can teach you to hit. They can teach you to do everything else, but they can't teach you how to run. So, but I'm glad I chose the wrestling career. I've been doing it for over 30 years, 40 years, actually in five decades. So I've had a long career. So I'm, and I'm still wrestling. Going to match uh, next Saturday in Indianapolis. Now for the people that aren't familiar, uh, that, aren't from the Midwest, you broke in in the heyday kind of of Dick the Bruiser's WWA, and you wrestled uh, there on Channel 4 and wrestling at all the events for Dick the Bruiser. Obviously, 
staff promotion is very fondly remembered by anyone that's old enough to have come up when Dick the Bruiser was promoting and wrestling. What was it like for you when you were getting started and you were working for someone that was an absolute legend as far as professional wrestling goes in that part of the country? Well, of course, I was trained by uh, the Bruiser, and I was trained by Calypso Jim. They would work with me to get me started in, in the wrestling business. Uh, so once I once I got started in the wrestling business, um, I started being on all the matches. But I can tell you, boy, I, I thought there were some people say well, that wrestling is nothing but a bunch of fake stuff. Well, I tell you what, what. All those punches and the slams, that's real. The only thing that you can say is fake is my your exaggeration to how much it hurts. Believe me, it all hurts, but then you overemphasize how much it hurts. And that's where the little people think it's, it's all fake. No, that's the only part. In fact, after every wrestling match, I'm usually getting in my hot tub. So, you know, and then, and then when I started wrestling... The first time I had a match was down in Toledo as a TV taping. And I had oh, three or four live TV matches. And uh, the next morning, I could not walk. I was black and blue from head to toe. And uh, I'm just glad I didn't break anything. So it was, it was tough getting started. And uh, the guys who beat me up, I swear to myself. And I said, these guys will never handle me ever again like that and that's a true story and six months later I held the tag team belts which they had in the last uh, many years in addition to wrestling you've also promoted pro wrestling just like Dick the Bruiser did of course what was it about the promotional end of wrestling that attracted you to go that route well, it was always to to keep the WWA intact. Okay, it went defunct, and I started the WWA back up, live TV, and uh, we had TV in Fort Wayne, and we had TV in Lima, Ohio, we had TV in South Bend. So we had a good WWA following uh, for a long time. But then I had to change the name to Bruiser Wrestling after that because some guy bought the rights to the wording WWA so he started to sue he was going to sue me he was going to sue Dr. Jerry Graham Jr. and so we had to quit using the WWA or anybody else that ever used WWA but uh, no I've been and still and I'm still promoting shows today um, I'm working uh, with uh, uh, putting shows with uh, MCIW uh, out of Indianapolis, uh, PWK out of South Bend, and so I'm still doing it, but I just I let somebody else basically help run the show with me. Nothing wrong with promoters working together for a common cause. That's that's correct. So next next Saturday I'll be in. At the, with great memories of the WWA, we used to wrestle at the Tyndall Armory all the time there in Indianapolis. And we're bringing back, MCIW is bringing back a legend show. 
and what you'll see. Of course, myself, Bridger Jr., you'll see Bubble Brazil Jr., you'll see Dr. Jerry Graham Jr. Um, you see a lot of the, the old legends will be at that show. Wojo is supposed to be at the show. So it's going to be a great time seeing all my old friends again. Absolutely. That sounds like a very, very good show. Now, when you were uh, starting out in wrestling, a lot of times uh, promotions would have a few managers on the card, and managers used to be a lot more prominent. They're not quite so prominent in this era of wrestling. On the national level, there's hardly any at all. The independents have more, but not as many as there used to be. What do you think it is about the role of manager that we got away from in pro wrestling? Well, I think it's just because you couldn't find anybody that has um, the uh, charisma, you know, of a Bobby Heenan, um, of a Jimmy Hart. They're, they're few and far between those guys that can uh, put on a really show like those guys did. So, it's it's a lot harder. Uh, there are some good ones out there, but uh, they're far and few between. So anytime I can find a good manager, we'll put them to work. So it's it's not as easy. It's easier to be a wrestler than a good manager. I would agree with that for sure. You mentioned, of course, having tag team titles a little bit ago, and I know that you've had several different tag team partners throughout your career. Do you have a personal preference when it comes to tag team wrestling versus singles wrestling? Well, you know, I enjoy either one, but uh, my uh, my tag team partner is, uh, is Bobo Brazil Jr., and we're known as the Sons of Legends. But I've been uh, champions with him, and but I've been champions uh I was with the champion with the uh, Golden Boy Johnny uh, Johnny um, Johnny Stewart. Him and I were cha- champions of the AWA with Del Gagne after uh, Burn left. Del took it over, and then I was champions in the AWA with uh, with the um, the Iranian guy. Um, oh shoot, what's his name? Who was the WWE champion? Uh, Iron Sheik. Iron Sheik. Iron Sheik and I were were uh, champions together, and Johnny Stewart, Bubba Brazil. But I've been champions with a lot of good wrestlers. I've been I've been riding around and wrestling great wrestlers throughout my lifetime. I'm very lucky, and I'm very lucky. I actually had two careers in the wrestling business. I started out being uh, the Golden Lion first half of my career and the second half I became Dick the Bruiser Jr. So I'm very, very lucky to have two two uh, fulfilling careers in wrestling. Now, anyone that knows Bo knows that you want to avoid the chop if you can. Not all of us are lucky enough to do that. But I'm sure you've seen plenty of people that did not escape that Bobo Brazil Jr. chop, who would you say got the hardest 
chop from Bo that you've witnessed? Oh, my gosh. It's just about anybody he wrestles. I actually feel sorry for him when uh, uh, he hits him with that chop because it is explosive. Um, and, and I'm going to tell you, that his handprint could be there for three or four days up to a week because it does that much damage to somebody's chest. Um, I can't single out anybody right offhand, but uh, um, I've seen him hit people so hard. They, they, and just, I feel sorry for the for the guy. So he's, he's the toughest chop in the wrestling business of anybody ever. And there's been a lot of good wrestlers with chops. So he and Dice Man Ronnie Vegas thing. probably the two hardest I've ever encountered, and I'm glad that they're on my side. Well, I think Bobo chopped Ronnie Vegas a few times, so. A few hundred, yes. I was right there for it. Yeah, a few, few hundred. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Myself, I think I would have tried blocking some of those chops. But then if you block it, it hits you twice as hard when you weren't looking. That is very yeah. true. <laughs> very true. It's right. Hmm. Yeah, he's one tough dude, and I think I'll be—he'll uh, be my tag team partner next Saturday, and and at the Tendleville Armory. So, looking forward to that. I'm just glad I'm not going to take any chops from him. Oh, I bet, I bet. Now, yeah. you mentioned the Tyndall Armory, which is a very historic venue in Midwest wrestling. Uh, Dick the Bruiser ran it for a long, long time. A Ring of Honor has ran there. ECW ran there. A lot of great wrestling has passed through the Tyndall Armory. But you've been to a ton of different wrestling venues through your career. What would you say has been your favorite venue for pro wrestling? Oh, my gosh. Um my favorite venue for pro wrestling, I always like the places I go to that aren't too big or aren't too small. I like something that's a, um, that's more of a medium size. There's nothing I hate worse than seeing a, a few empty seats. So I like I like seeing packed houses. And, uh, you know, I've wrestled in venues and from North Platte, Nebraska. I wrestled Jimmy Snooker there in the main event. I wrestled all over uh, West, uh, Jerry Lawler riding the car with me, him and I, the Road Warrior, uh, Hawk. Uh, i just been all over. And I suppose my favorite venue, oh, gosh, there's just so many. But if I had to take it down to one, it might be the uh, Tyndall Armory because it's so much history there. And so that, that's what I like about it. It's just the history of the WWA and uh, others that have gone there for wrestling. So I would have to agree with that. Not a bad choice at all. Now, in a later part of your career, uh, for the fans that have followed you and gone to shows where you are, they will know you came out with something of a mascot. You had a bulldog that would accompany you to the ring. Can you tell us kind of the history of what led to you 
come into the ring with a bulldog? Well, yeah, I started. Uh, I got a bulldog when I and uh, when I started to, to uh, run shows, and uh, my bulldog was about a year old. And I said, "Well, I said, I said, name was Bruiser Dog. Bruiser Dog, are you ready to get in the ring with me?" And I got a little shirt for her made, and uh, she just took to it. People thought I had to train her to chase the bad guys out of the ring. She hear her music hit, who let the dogs out. She's back behind the curtain. She's got her feet digging in. She just knew what to do. And when we climbed up those stairs, I let her loose in the ring by herself. She chased every wrestler right out of that ring. And they had to fly over the top ropes or she was going to get them. And so there was a lot of scared wrestlers I remember a few of them, uh, Curtis, Mr. Curtis Hughes, he was so scared of her. But the most, uh, the person that was, the wrestler that was the scariest, so scared of her was a um, guy out of uh, Lafayette Street, Sexy, uh, Sean, uh, what's Sean's last name? Is it Casey? Also? Sean Cook. Sean Cook, thank you. Sexy Sean Cook. Got in the ring, he had all these frills all over him, and uh, Bruiser Dog saw one look at him by her eye, let her go, and he was so so scared. He flew out of the top over the top rope to the floor. She actually jumped under the ring, jumped onto the floor. You know, that's about what six seven foot drop, and luckily she didn't break anything. Chased him around the ring three or four times. He ran back in the in the. Uh, in the kitchen area, in the concession stand, she chased him around the kitchen, uh, the uh, concessions. He ran by, back in the locker room, slammed the door, and just almost, she almost caught him back there. And I'm going to tell you what, it was another half hour before we started that match. He would not come out until the dog, I put the dog away in, in the car, and I'd come back and wrestle. And then I was never invited back to wrestle there ever again. <laughs> so she put on a <laughs> she put on a heck of a show everywhere she went. Um, in fact, a lot of days I sold more pictures of her. So she was the price of admission to see her go in the ring after the wrestlers with her little outfit on. Yeah, it was the cutest thing in the world and the scariest for the wrestlers. It was something. I don't. Know. Did you ever get a chance to see her? Yes, sir. I did. Okay, now you know then. Yeah. That was a great show. She stole the show. So if you bought a ticket for that wrestling event, she stole the show. Absolutely, so, and the Bruiser Buddies what, what, loved her. Oh, I know. They sure did. And the fans are still asking me about her. So I don't have to put her pictures out again. I, she could actually probably still sell more pictures than me. That's how famous she was. Great times. Well, at this point in the show, we have a game we like to play with the guests. We call it Word Association. And I'll put out the names of some people that you have likely come into contact with in your career. And just the first word or two that pops into your head to describe them as the answer. Are you willing to do some word association? 
Well, sure. I just hope I can get the right answers for you. No right or wrong answer, so it's all good. Okay, that's even good. Okay, even better. All right. First name, Bobo Brazil Jr. You want to know his first name? It's it's, uh, James. Yep. Well, just first word that comes to mind to describe him. First, oh, Cocoa Butt. All right. Sal Creechman. Great manager. Dangerous bull Don Basher. One tough hombre. Troy Miller. Probably the strong. You just can I say more than one word? Sure. He was probably he was probably the the um, the toughest guy for his weight. Diaphole Debashi. Pound, pound or pound, he's probably the toughest uh, wrestler there was. He's a tough kid. Now, who's the next guy? Diaphole Debashi. Well, I can't wait to punch him right in the nose when I see him. That's why we. Next name is Ox Baker Jr. Same with Ox Baker Jr. I got something for him. I don't. Did he retire? There is no retirement in wrestling, but I think he's in between bookings. Okay. Yeah, he's. You always think as a heart punch. Taught. He was taught by um, Ox Baker Sr. Next one is Mr. Fitness Slim Trimmins. Slim, my favorite wrestler. Chris Carter. Chris Carter. Uh, Chris Carter was a, a, a good technician. That's what I think about him. Reminds me of uh, like Wilbur Snyder. One big dude. The last oh, yeah, name. That big, go up the top ropes like he does. That is for sure, for sure. Last name, Superstar T.J. Powers. Superstar, superstar T.J. Powers. Uh, I can't wait to get him in the ring either. Um, T.J. Powers, I started wrestling with him, so I went back a long, a lot of years with him. He's actually a great guy. Absolutely. As biased as I might be since he's my tag team partner and helped me get my start in wrestling, but I would agree with that. Well, at this time, my co-host Randy Zellers is standing by, and I know Randy has questions for you, too, so I'm going to pass things over to him. Well, sure, great. Hey, what's going on, Bruiser? Hey, what's happening, Randy? How you doing, brother? Oh, I'm doing good, my man. How about yourself? Oh, I can't complain. I tell you what, it's great being on your, your podcast here and on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Heck, yeah. Hey, you know what? I'd rather do this on a Sunday afternoon than wrestle on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> oh, that, that's true. I, yep. That's true. I mean, yeah. And um, and when you was, and when you was like, wrestling or promoting shows and you got to go 
here, there, I mean, pretty much everywhere. And after the shows, do you guys like stop? I mean, do you guys uh, stop at restaurants or anything to to, re- to refill your bodies, or do you guys just go straight home? Well, if you go back more in the olden days when you would, uh, a lot of times you would drive in and you may have a gig to the next day. You know, I wrestled yep. once one summer. I wrestled, uh, I think it was a hundred. One year, I mean, it like over 100 times. And so you just go from one venue to the next venue. So a lot of times you didn't stop to eat, but you stopped at the convenience store gas station, got yourself mm-hmm. a bunch of snacks, and got, in the, got it in the, in the bag. And there's usually three or four of us that would be traveling together. Okay, so mm. there'd be four of us travel together. One driver would, would, would start out. Everybody, so you're driving. You, you may have a, a four or five hour drive to the next to the next venue or wherever you're headed for. It could be longer. It could be six hours. And uh, all you would hear for a while was all this crunching, crunch, 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 in the bag, <laughs> in the bag, in the bag wrapper. And yep. then all of a sudden you hear nothing because everybody be asleep. And here, about oh, yeah. two hours later, you hear that crunching again. <laughs> so yeah, th- th- that's what your drive was like for about for three or four or five hours. Even yep. if you, even if I had to fly someplace, I had to fly fly into someplace. Well, you didn't fly to the closest city. You, you flew into where the destination was the the cheapest, and you may have a, a six hours, four hours, say four hour commute. To the closest city there, then they may have that tied into a couple more cities, and so even though you flew, well, you still had long drives. If you go into yeah. Tennessee, you had to go to Arkansas. You you drive your rental car, you know, to the yep. next closest place. So that's why wrestling was. Now with my the older I get, I just want to. Do matches that I can be and sleep in my own bed at night. I don't like travel with any wrestlers anymore. I go by myself with my wife, and we make a day of it. So it's actually a enjoyment now. I'm mean, always been fun, but now we yeah. make a day of it. Spend the day together. So and she helps sell my gimmicks and, and everything. So it's we actually look forward to it. like so. We, we, when we go to the uh, Kennel Armory next week, you know, we go there for the show. She saw my gimmicks. I wrestle. Uh, we we stop and take our time, go out to eat, go to a place called Bubba's probably, have a nice dinner, okay. and then come back home in no rush, no hurry. And so it's, it's, it's I, heard I enjoy that. myself now. Like in Warsaw, when we go, I was in Warsaw last week. We go to Warsaw, and it's only an hour drive. So, but the, you still get out late. You get out at eleven o'clock or whatever from wrestling. The Applebee's is the only place that's open. So we go there, have dinner, have a beer, enjoy ourselves. <laughs> yep. I was actually, with Mister Fitness there, he was oh, right there. So he had dinner with us. Oh, so what now kind I of more yeah. of the evening? Yeah, hey, that's that? cool. Oh, what's your favorite beer you like to you like to drink? Oh, I'm more of a uh, I like um, 
It's called Wemac. I like Wemac beer brewed in Indianapolis or I like Yingling. So, oh, but I like so them all. Yeah, I like them all. Because I like a darker. Yeah. Yeah, I like a dark stout or something like that. Yes, yes. Yes. Give me a dark <laughs> stout when, when I'm home. In fact, I might have been, if I would have had my hot tub outside running yet and don't have it, I'd be out there drinking a dark stout or a bourbon and a cigar. Oh, man. Yeah. Hey, shoot. Now that's what I'm talking about right there. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not really of a whiskey drinker, but but um, last night at our show, there is a um, whiskey uh, distillery right where we wrestled at, and the uh, owner, the owner discovered JB Moonshine, and you know, last night at my wrestling, I was like, oh. I was like, yeah, there's this guy that runs the distillery that wants to talk to you, JB. I I told JB, yeah. uh, that's money. That's a sponsor. You better go holler at that <laughs> man, see what he won't. Five minutes later, he comes back. Oh, yeah, drinks. Oh, yeah, drinks are on him. So I tried, wow. like, a bourbon. Yeah, so drinks were on him. I tried a bourbon. I tried – I did not know there was a, wide wit, a, a rye whiskey. <laughs> That, yeah, no. I was going to tell you, rye whiskey is as good as a bourbon or or better, a little bit sweeter. Yeah, I was like, ooh. I mean, I I I tried some whiskeys, man, and it was. I have to say, the whiskey that they that they distill, like the, all the ingredients come from the Northwest. It's all local. I had nice. to say, I had to say. Those were some of the best whiskeys that I've ever tried. Oh, ooh, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, oh. it's it's nice. Well, you still have an effect from them. I see. Okay. Wow. Yeah, they're nice to sip on and, and relax. I'll go outside and, and get in the hot tub or out of the hot tub and smoke a cigar and have a good bourbon or a rye on the rocks ooh, or sometimes ooh. straight up and or a dark beer or dark Wemax. Sunday is the day I can enjoy myself because I don't take any wrestling matches on Sunday. Yeah. Just, uh, I don't like them. Time of rest. So, yes. Yep, the time okay. of rest, I'll take advantage of that. <laughs> yep. But Saturday, mm-hmm. I'm booked about every Saturday there is. So. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, unfortunately, I'm not married. Otherwise, if I had a wife, I do the same thing too, you know. Take my wife with me, go up, go up and down, make a day trip of it. Yeah, it's like a date. Yeah. So we have fun at it, yeah. And then we have a yeah. nice dinner afterwards, and then and the next day we get up, have a nice nice breakfast, get up, hot tub, read the paper out there, and get yeah. a warmer here. So it's it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm gonna miss it. I know, when, I know, in a, in a year or two, I'm gonna have to give it up. But uh, I've had you know five decades of enjoyment. So, well, five decades, but five decades in the business. Um, what would be one of the best advice if you had a up and comer come and approach you and and needed some and needed some advice? What what would you tell? An up and comer. 
Well, if you get trained by somebody that um, that knows the wrestling business, okay. And the first thing I actually tell them: Are you sure you want to wrestle? Because you need to do some stuff right now. You need to work out. You 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 you're either 200 pounds overweight or you're so little you don't have any muscle. First, first thing I say: you, you need to look like a wrestler, not your next door neighbor. There you go. It's the most important thing I can tell somebody. If you look like your next door neighbor, you need you should not get in the wrestling business. Uh, You need to to work hard, train hard, and then uh, and and take your steps. Well, all right. Because I you know spend a bunch of money. That someone just want to train you just to get your money. Uh, not me. If you don't look yeah. like a wrestler, walk and talk like I, I can teach you. I can teach you the gimmick. Come up with a gimmick. I teach you how to to wrestle. But if you don't look like a wrestler, you know that's half the battle right there. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right, Larry Bruiser. Man, okay. I have to say it was an honor. It was an honor chopping it up with you and all that stuff. But for right now, I would have to give it up. I would have to pass the mic over to my main man, a Mr. Right. QT. QT, take it away, my man. Well, thank you, Randy. Hello, Mr. Bruiser. Well, hello, QT. How you doing, brother? I'm young and handsome. Hey. Well, God, that's the only way to be. Oh, okay. Well, it's been fun being on your guys' show, I tell you. Oh well, we have, we we have uh, ten years on this show. Yes, ten years. Is okay. that right? Okay. Well, we Mr. Have Bruiser, ten more years. Yes, go ahead. That would be good. Ten more years. Yes, Mr. Bruiser. I was at a venue last night, Northwest Pro Wrestling, and some fan held up a sign to Randy Zellers, telling him to get off the night to give up drinking night train wine made famous by guns and roses my question is what was the craziest sign a wrestling fan held up to you well let's see i might have punched him in the nose it was too crazy but i did it let's see craziest sign well you know i I never had too many signs. As always, as the person I was wrestling, since I've been a, you know, a, a good guy for all these years, I don't get many, uh, many signs. The, the other guy gets signs. Um, so I've seen a lot of guys like that. I wrestled a guy named Turbo, and the fans all had songs that says Turdo. And uh, I've seen a lot mm-hmm. of funny signs over the years, and i seen uh, one guy wrestled, and... Uh, and you know, I when I was at Golden Lion, they had signs, because I was a bad guy for a few years, and you know, I would just go there, tear them up, and that would just make the the fans more mad. And they used to put signs up when I had blonde hair, and they used to put Goldilocks signs. So that was, those used to make me mad and nervous. So they would put Goldilocks. I had long blonde hair. And when I get in the ring, uh, the announcer would announce, please refrain from calling the Golden Lion Goldilocks. And there would be the biggest 
chant you've ever seen of all of a sudden Goldilocks, Goldilocks, all these signs. I get out, tear the signs up. And then when the match started, I would even, you know, get him even more mad. Like, I, that's why um, I would say, how many, I, how many you girls out there want to make love to the Golden Lion? I was a bad guy, so I weighed about 300 pounds. And, and boo, boo, boo. And then I said, well, how many of you boys out here want to make love to the Golden Lion? They're, oh, man, they're all foaming at the mouth. And then I would say, put my arms around myself. The Golden Lion looks so good. I think I'll make love to myself tonight. And they all started calling me uh, words that I can't say right now. So they were chanting, and I start stopping my ears and, and holding my ears, and I got this, the fancel riled up in uh, North Platte, Nebraska. I was wrestling Jimmy Snooker. So after all that, the fans are foaming. And I'm wrestling Snooker. We're in the main event. He goes, hey, brother. I go, why? He goes, Don't go out on that side of the ring. I go, why? He says, they're going to stick you. So they're passing a knife around waiting for me to, to take a tumble outside there. Wow. And so at, so after the match was over, it took security about 10 minutes, at least, or 20, to get the fans away from the ring because they were wanted to kill me. Because I'm talking about, you know, what I just told you earlier about uh, what I was saying and talking about how bad their football team is in Nebraska, how Notre Dame is going to be in them. So I, I never got a crowd so wild up as that one. And then the next time it got bad is when I'm at a, uh, I believe it was uh, it was a fair show, and the queen was in the ring. I'm in the ring with, and uh, and I'm talking, you know, I basically said, the queen, I know you want my beautiful body, don't you? And they got so mad that after the after after the match was all over, everything they chased me out to my. No, they were at my, I had a gold Cadillac, and they were around my Cadillac shaking it up and down because I had a, I had a, a plate on it that said Golden Lion on a gold Cadillac. So wow. I was a real showman, showboat back then. And so that was some of the scariest stuff, but funnier stuff. I tell you, I had a good time being a heel for a number of years and being a baby now for the last 20 years. Wow, so, very good. Okay. Well, yeah, it's a, did some any, interesting stuff here. Did any uh, wrestling fan hold up a sign accusing you of stealing their hot dog? <laughs> no, I made a grab one. <laughs> okay. No, nobody said. Nobody said that. There was mainly a lot of Goldilocks signs. Oh, all right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, Mr. Bruiser, if you could travel back to the year 1912, how well could you have done in a match with Ty Cobb? Well, Ty Cobb, he was a, a, a terrific athlete, ball player, and uh, he probably spiky with the spikes and hit you in the head with them. And he, he was he was pound for pound. He was the toughest guy in baseball. That was for sure. Uh, but uh, with my size and, and weight, 
it would be, uh, I don't think he would stand a chance, but what, he's somebody I wouldn't want to get in a fight with because he's crazy. Ty Conwell always was. There's a lot well, of stories about him. But I did hear once that a catcher got fed up with his antics and punched him in the nose. So a catcher got well, the best well, that's one of my tricks. I can't wait to punch you right in the nose, straighten out your eye balls with my fist, and kick you right in the groin. So, okay. Those are my tricks. Oh, yeah, okay. So. All right. Okay. I, I, played a little, I played a little college baseball, so I, so I always enjoyed the baseball game. Yes, uh, you told uh, Sign Guide this, which leads me to my next question. What is your favorite baseball movie of all time? Oh, gosh, probably. Probably the Jimmy Pearsall story. I like that one. Okay. That's How about one. the natural with Redford? Oh, yeah, well, that's of recent days, yes. Terrific. Mm-hmm. And then you got the, and then you got the other movie that was real good with uh, what's his name, Not Conrad or what's his name? Um, he still acts today. Conrad? What is it? Was it Robert Conrad? No, not Robert Conrad. Um, oh, he played minor league baseball. It was about mm. minor leagues. Hmm. I can't think of his name. Bull Durham. There you go. That was a great one. Oh, okay. Great baseball yes, movie. What was, what was your favorite wrestling movie? Oh, I think it probably was The Wrestler. The Wrestler. I agree with you. Yes. I agree. There was a lot of truth in that. There's guys that, as I see, I even know a few of those wrestlers that that lived just like that. Mm, so. Okay. Oh. All right. Well, Mr. Bruiser, you talked to Sign Guy earlier about tag team partners. If you were given a choice, who would you have rather tag teamed with if you had the chance? Harley Race or Bruno San Martino? Oh, my gosh. Both legends. My gosh. Um, Bruno San Martino. Oh, okay. I think I'd rather have him, but it's like you telling me it's like 1A, 1B. I mean, they're both both historic wrestlers. So, yeah, either one would be be great. All right. Okay, Bruno San Martino, okay. Um, Mr. Bruiser, in your opinion, would the all-American dream Dusty Rhodes have been deathly afraid of Bruiser Dog, and would he have hit in the locker room? It, uh, I, I doubt it. There's only one or two people that would be that deathly afraid. He would just go along with the show, Dusty Rhodes. And so, okay. no, he would... He would be he'd be cool with it. He put on the show and dog would chase him around the ring. And so you remember Macho you remember Macho Man? I was I was on 
I would spend some time with him out there in the in Clearwater area and uh and one of the bushwhackers, Luke and but then I go see Macho Man's uh mom and dad, go drink wine with the with the with the mom and dad over there in Key Largo. And I'd be drinking one brusco wine, they'd bring out some old brusco wine and serve it and and uh, we just had a great time in those olden days of, of wrestling when I was able to do that extra traveling. Huh. One of the pretty fun, fun stops I had. Yeah, one of the fun stops. And then I work out with Randy Savage in the gym, and and, uh, and we have a good time. And, and his brother, I've wrestled his brother many a times, Leith and Lanny. Oh, okay. Wow, the Poet Laureate. That poet, yeah, I see, well, I've seen him a few times. Wow, wow. and uh, okay. I like that. One of my good friends, a uh, wrestler, I'd like to, you know, like you said, give a quick recovery uh, to the wrestler that had that heart attack, and I'll put him in my prayers, and everybody keep him in your prayers. And another wrestling friend of mine, and also professional football player came down with ALS and Steve uh, Mongo McMichael, Stephen Mongo McMichael, great football player for the Bears. Uh, Mongo was a a great friend of mine. I used to go every year up to Princeton, Indiana. I mean, Princeton, Illinois, we would play in a charity golf island. They would get Mongo McMichael, uh, myself, uh, the Chief, another wrestler, and uh, Otis Wilson, some of the 86 Bears I would play with. You know, about half a dozen of us made auction us off, and then we played golf together. And it was so sad because he was just like my one of my favorite guys in the whole world to see him come down with uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. And so everybody Ooh. keep him in, his, in the prayers too. So he was such a big strapping, you know, wrestler and football player and, now that he has that disease, and everybody say prayers for him while he's with his fight against uh, ALS. Do you remember uh, Mongo McMichael? How big of a man was Mongo McMichael? Wasn't he oh, like 6'2"? Six, six, I was 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, uh, you know, he weighed 300 pounds playing football. Mainly wow. for the Bears. And played uh, in that '86 championship team. On the on that defensive line, they had Richard Dent, McMichael, and, and uh, Hampton. And Hampton is also another friend that was in that uh, charity golf audio of mine. So, I'd like everybody say prayers for him. Oh, okay, all right, okay. Well, Mister Bruiser, I saw your YouTube video entitled. Pretty Boy Floyd, the Honky Tonk Man, and Dick the Bruiser Jr. versus the Chief, Jimmy Blaze, and Ox Baker Jr. And the video was posted online in 2018. I believe this match was called the 2018 Rumble for the Kids. Do you remember this match? Chris, I, correct. I remember it. You need to send that to me. I never seen it again. Of that match. Oh, okay. And and it was you said twenty eighteen. Yes. And that was that was uh, Honky Tonk's last match. Him and I were tag uh, were partners that match. 
And that was his last match that uh, he ever worked in wrestling. Wow. So now he's a now he's a comedian. I don't know if you knew that or not. He's a stand-up comedian. No. Okay. Boy, I didn't know that. Okay. Yes. So send me that match. I'd like to see that one that again since it was his last match. Well, okay. I think sign guy could do that. Yes. Okay. Okay. That would be awesome, guys. Okay. We'll see what uh, we can do. Okay, who did that have in it? It was me and Honky Tonk, and, uh, oh, it was the uh, guy with the sombrero, wasn't it? Is that who it was? Well, you were, you were facing the chief, Chief Atacula Kula, Jimmy oh, Glaze, and Kula. Yes. Yep. And you had yeah, Pretty Boy Floyd's team. Ah, I see, Pretty Boy Floyd, yes. He's a character, yes. too. Yes, that was a... Another great match. Enjoyed it. Well, Mr. Bruiser, are there any truths truth to the rumors out of Shelton, Washington, from my wrestling sources, that this was a stipulation match, or almost a stipulation match, meaning if the team of the Chief, Jimmy Blaze, and Ox Baker Jr. lost, that Ox Baker would have had to have ch- saved his office mustache. Are there any truths to those rumors? <laughs> yeah. I can't remember that stipulation was in there. And so I so I'm not gonna say, I don't know. But uh, okay. I, he st- I don't think he shaved it because they lost. That's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, Mr. I might have pulled, you know, maybe I maybe I pulled it out that day. That could be. Oh, I might have done no, that. I, uh, punch okay. him in the nose and pull pull off his mustache. So. Well, Mr. Yeah. Bruiser, I have seen Chief Atacula Atacula in action in Portland, Oregon, and despite his size, he moves like a cruiserweight. Prior to this match. Had you heard of this agile man from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma? Oh, yes. I've been in many matches chasing him around the country. He's tough. That guy can, I can, he can take a beating better than any wrestler I've ever seen. He's got the quickest recuperative powers I've ever seen. Um, Whether I gave him a beating or somebody else, I mean, and usually he gives the beating, but uh, he is an agile. I bet he's closer to 400 than 300 pounds. He may say he's 300, but I bet he's closer to 400. And he's just one huge chief. And he can move around, like you say, like a like a lightweight Cruiser. in there. The cruiserweight. Good wrestler. Okay. Oh, very good. Very good. Okay. All right. Well, Mr. Bruiser, the honky-tonk man, and pretty boy Floyd had on very nice robe combination warm-up jackets, and you yourself had on a nice black robe with the words Bruiser in gold letters on the back. My question is, with your good looks and this robe, 
Did you ever get any offers to model on the elite model fashion runways from Milan to Minsk? <laughs> Sorry to say, no, I'm, just, I'm too big and ugly. <laughs> Oh, shoot. Well, Mr. Bruiser, the honky-tonk man, has inspired many young WWE and WWF wrestling fans. He inspired them to take up the guitar based on his guitar playing pre-match performances. If you yourself and the honky-tonk man could travel back in time to the early 70s, who would you rather see in concert, or if you could travel back to the early 70s, the Honky Tonk Man or Elvis? Well, i definitely rather see Elvis Presley, even though Honky Tonk was a good, he's a good singer and everything. So, um, yeah, I'd rather see the king. Even though the Honky Tonk's a great friend of mine, and I've wrestled him a number of times, and he's been my partner a number of times the last few years. Um, but no, I'd rather see Elvis, even though the honky tonk man's good. I can tell you a little funny story about that. He come out there and sing that song, the honky tonk man, right? And I'm wrestling him. And uh, it probably took me 15 more minutes to get in the ring. And, uh, because every time it would finish, uh, the guy that was managing him, would go one more time. And so the announcer would play, the, I mean, the ring man would play that music again. I'm a honky tonk man. And, and anyways, that song played like three times in a row, and Honky Tonk was so furious because he had to sit out there and sing that song. <laughs> and I saw they came out there, and they got the match, and then uh, I, I threw him out of the match and out of the ring, and, and he goes, Right in front of the whole crowd, he goes, hey, big dick, I'm going to tie you up like a pretzel when I get back in that ring. And the crowd just went nuts. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is funny. Um, okay. Well, Mr. Had a lot of good times with Honky Tonk. Yes, sir. In that 2018 Rumble for the Kids, I was surprised to see the referee in a red, green, and white lucha mask. Plus, he did a very good job in checking everyone for foreign objects before the match. But when he was checking the honky-tonk man at the 6-minute and 10-second mark of of this uh, video, the honky-tonk man gave the referee a light elbow on the back of the head. This caused the referee to wipe his face like Curly and Moe on the Three Stooges. My question is, how many times have you yourself been in the ring for your career with a lucha-masked referee, and were you yourself a big fan of the Three Stooges? (laughs) Uh, Believe it or not, I'm a really big fan of the Three Stooges. And so... It seems like I grew up with the Three Stooges on TV, and we used to emulate them, and, and I still have fun watching them today. 
they come on. A lot of times they'll come on. If I'm not wrestling on a Saturday, I'll catch them on a Saturday here in Portland. Yeah, Curly, Larry, and Moe, the, the Horowitz brothers, except uh, uh, Larry was, his last name was Larry Fine. He was a, 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 pian- a violinist that was really good. And the other yes. three were all brothers, uh, Shemp, uh, Mo, and Curly. They were brothers. Yes, and so, yeah. Yes. So yeah, I can, I, okay. I I saw I actually saw the Three Stooges live. Um, on vacation one time. Wow, where at? Um, it was like a vaudeville act they were putting on, um, someplace out west. I can't remember oh exactly. God. Wow, that's fortunate. Very fortunate. Yeah. Okay. It, it didn't have it didn't have uh, didn't have the curly because he was dead, but or Shep it had one of the other guys that was still alive, the, the guys that took Curly's place. But it was a good it was wow. a good show. Fantastic. Okay. Well, at this point, Mr. Bruiser, it was good talking with you, and I'm turning it back over to Sign Guy. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Back to you, Sign Guy. Thank you, QT. Well, Bruiser Jr., unfortunately, our time here is uh, coming to a close, but I want to give you ample time to finish things out. If there's anything you want to say to the listeners, plug and promote anything and everything, social medias, upcoming shows, merchandise, your favorite deli, anything in the world, the floor is all yours. Well, let's just talk about what I have coming up in wrestling. Uh, Saturday, that's Saturday, May 1st, Kendall Armory, Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, Fort Wayne, June 5th, at the Rockstar Lounge, uh, Warsaw, uh, May 22nd, at the uh, CCAC Center, CCAS Center, no, CCAC Center, uh, Decatur, Indiana, uh, July 10th, and so, and then I look forward to uh, seeing everybody at one of my matches sometime soon. All right. Well, this is your buddy, the Bruiser. I can't wait to see you, and you guys got to keep listening to the podcast, Turnbuckle Turmoil, it's the greatest there is in the world. Well, Bruiser Jr., thank you so much again for being with us. Definitely appreciate it. That six-man tag match footage is in your inbox, so you have that to watch. And give my best to the boys next week at the Tyndall Armory. Tell Bo Jr., the sign guy loves him. And hopefully we'll get to have you back on this very program again in the future. I look forward to it. Okay, guys. All right. Thank you. All right, fans, definitely go buy a ticket for next week at the Tyndall Armory. And whenever you know that Bruiser Jr. is going to be at a show near you, treat yourself to that. Go buy a ticket. Fantastic talent. He's been doing it for a long, long time. Randy, anything you want to plug or promote before we wrap this up? Um, I just know that uh, May, I believe May 28th, uh, May 28th, May 29th, we're going to be um, wrestling somewhere 
somewhere for a Northwest Pro. I know one of them's going to be the uh, Port Orchard Mall, and the other one's probably going to be at the Civic Center. Oh, and that's well, about it. We will have those dates confirmed, so stay tuned to this very show for future details. All right, anything else, Randy? Nope, that's it. All right. Well, fans, you can catch me at those aforementioned Northwest Pro shows. And then June 5th, I make my way back to Gouge. I'll be part of the big Gouge show. And waiting on total confirmation for my next Russell Club appearance. It should be fairly soon, so tune in for details for all of that. We'll be back with you next week. Next Friday, we have... Nate Gnarly on the show, so make plans to be with us. And one week from today, hugely excited for Matt Ecstatic to be with us, all the way from Canada. He is formerly the head coach at the Great Khali School in India. Fantastic talent. I think you're going to enjoy it next week, so be with us, and we'll talk to you soon. (laughs) 